0: CNN puts out a hit piece on Kamala Harris. The economy should be booming, but it's not, and Americans are noticing. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Why haven't you gotten a VPN yet? Visit expressvpn.com slash Ben. We'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, let me remind you that since time immemorial, gold has been the form of wealth that people have sought after. Remember, that time, there was a Miller who promised a King that his daughter could spin straw into gold, and then he locked her in a room to make her spin gold. One of the things that he he didn't make her do is spin the straw into United States government bonds, and the reason for that is because anytime you have centralized currency, you got to worry about the government doing exactly what the government has been doing for the last couple of years, inflating the living hell out of the currency in pretty Monumental news recently. It was recently announced social security benefits are going to increase by 5.9% in January. That is the highest increase in 40 years. That is the government admitting inflation is out of control. And yet the left is still pushing through trillions more in spending. So how are you protecting your savings from inflation? Do what I do. Head on over to Birch Gold Group. And now an incentive for you to do so this month when you text Ben to 474747 and purchase precious metals with Birch Gold by December 23rd, you'll get free silver for every $5,000 you invest. And yes, you can convert an eligible IRA or 401 into an IRA backed by precious metals. That qualifies as well. Birchgold Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Countless five-star reviews. Thousands of happy customers. Text BEN to 474747 for your free no-obligation information kit on holding gold and silver in a tax-sheltered account and to claim your free silver with qualifying purchase by December 23rd. Text BEN to 474747. Protect your savings today the same way that Stiltskin would. Alrighty, so let's talk about the fact that Joe Biden made a big boo-boo He made a big boo boo. During the campaign, he was faced with the prospect of having to pick a vice president. And he had a lot of choices in front of him. He could have picked somebody like Amy Klobuchar. He could have tacked it to the center. He could have picked somebody like Elizabeth Warren, who made the hearts of progressives flutter. Or he could try to please the intersectional coalition by picking a black lady. And he decided that he was going to please the intersectional coalition by picking a black lady. But not just any black lady, a black lady who had attacked him as a racist as a possible sexual assaulter, and also had been so terrible as a campaigner that she had flamed out completely before even her home state of California could take a primary vote. Kamala Harris is a complete failure as a politician. She's senator from California, essentially because any Democrat who is a warm body can win in California. And the only reason that she's vice president of the United States right now is because Joe Biden plucked her off the ash heap of politics and decided to make her vice president supposedly because he needed somebody of color on the ticket, which, of course, is not true, considering that he had blown away Bernie Sanders in the primaries, specifically on the basis of the black vote in places like South Carolina. So he made a boo-boo. He essentially signed Blaine Gabbert to a backup role and then realized that Blaine Gabbert was Blaine Gabbert. And now the leaks are coming, because here is the thing. Joe Biden is doing a terrible job as president. Everybody knows he's doing a terrible job as president. He's in the low 40s, high 30s in terms of approval rating. And so normally, if you're a Democrat, you'd be thinking, "Okay, fine. So Joe Biden's going to take the hit. He's going to do all these very progressive, transformative things. And once he does these progressive, transformative things, he's going to step out of the way. He will take all of the cannon fire. And then the next person will step up into glory because they will have this track record of Joe Biden's pushing them forward. They will have this new remade American economy that already exists. They won't get blamed for it. They'll be walking into a new status quo, shiny and ready to go. There's only one problem. The person who is set to fill Joe Biden's shoes once Joe Biden shuffles off the stage on his walker with the tennis balls on the bottom, once Joe Biden actually does that, the person standing behind him is Kamala Harris. And Kamala Harris has currently a 28% approval rating, meaning everyone hates her. It's basically her and Doug Emhoff are the Kamala Harris fan club. That's the entirety of it. No one likes her. And so now you're starting to see left-wing media turn on Kamala Harris, realizing that they've got a dud on their hands. And that if Joe Biden does not run in 2024, and Kamala Harris does, that's actually somehow a downgrade. Do you understand how bad a candidate you have to be to be a downgrade from essentially a vegetable? You have a, you have a president of the United States who cannot get through a full paragraph without stumbling all over himself and or urinating in his own pants. And the person who is backing him up is even less popular than that. And by the way, not less popular because she's out in the public eye doing unpopular things. Less popular because every time she pops up her head in even the most minute circumstance, she alienates everyone. She is somehow less genuine than Hillary Clinton. She is somehow less authentic than Harry Reid. She is somehow more produced than a Busby Berkeley musical. And everyone senses it. I mean, it's not like he's been trotting her out and she's been out there doing all sorts of important things. Remember, he promised he was going to be co-president with her. And then after the first three weeks, when they realized how bad she is at this, they're like, why don't you go go co-president over here in this closet under the stairs? like Harry Potter. We'll just keep you there for a few years. We'll, we'll lock you in Matilda's choki. And then later, we'll take you out and maybe we'll run you for president. But it turns out that even that is not enough to shield her from the harsh glare of reality. Because every time she comes out and says something, she looks terrible. And so now, the knives are out. And Democrats are realizing that they have to get rid of her and they have to supplant her with someone else. Now, they have a really thin bench. They've been trying to promote Pete Buttigieg. The problem is that Pete Buttigieg just humiliated himself by going completely MIA, for two full months in the middle of a supply chain crisis as the secretary of transportation so he could take paternity leave, which, again, does not resonate, I think, with middle Americans the way that it resonates with upper-class urban elites who went to Princeton. I just, I don't think that most middle Americans are like, hold up, hold up a second. I understand why my wife gets maternity leave. She had to push a baby out of there, but me getting paternity leave for two full months on the government dime in the middle of a supply chain crisis, no. And especially because like if my wife had to push something out of there and then I had to care for her physically because she actually had physical damage, that is a different thing than I get to take two months off with brand new babies when no one has any physical damage. Because again, Pete Buttigieg is married to a man and they had these kids without any physical damage being done. The purpose of paternity leave, traditionally speaking, is that dad can take care of mom while mom takes care of baby. That is the actual purpose of paternity leave if you're going to have paternity leave in the first place. It's not just because you have to have bonding time with the child. It is because it's a very, if you've ever, if you've married, if you have kids, you understand it's a physically damaging process to a woman to actually have the baby. And then she needs help afterward. But if nobody needs help, then why are you taking off two months on the government dime, not telling anybody? And then we realize you're gone. So Pete Buttigieg has had a world of hurt. And so he's been attempting to now buy it back by explaining that really he's a hero for taking paternity leave for two months. And then if everybody had paternity leave for two months, the economy would be better off, even though right now we have a massive labor shortage in the country and inflation up to wazoo and a supply chain crisis, in part facilitated by people like Pete Buttigieg. Okay, so their bench is super thin. I think Kamala Harris, who everyone hates, Pete Buttigieg, who is a lightweight. And who else? Who else? Now the Biden administration is trying out like Mitch Landrieu. I'm not kidding you like the former Lieutenant Governor of Louisiana. And they're like, "What if we'll put him in charge of infrastructure. Maybe we'll prop him up by having him stand in front of a bridge or something. Maybe he'll run. They are in such serious trouble. So one thing they do know, though, is that Kamala Harris has to go. Kamala Harris cannot be the person who runs in 2024. We'll get to the CNN hit piece in a second, because it's so wonderful and so telling. (laughs) It really is hilarious. First, let us talk about a simple fact. If you are a responsible person, you need life insurance. I mean, let's say that you're a father and you have a son and your son, he's a bit of a ne'er-do-well. He seems to be kind of a drunk and a gambler. And one day, your son makes an awful mistake. He gets very upset with this, with this guy. And he goes to his house, and, he's, and he shoots the guy's dog. And it turns out that this guy happens to be like the biggest master assassin on planet Earth. Well, at this point, you might be thinking to yourself, man, I should have gotten life insurance for both me and my son. Policy genius. Makes it easy to compare quotes from over a dozen top insurers all in one place. Why compare? Well, you could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. You could save $1,300 or more per year on life insurance by using Policy Genius to compare policies. The licensed experts at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance companies, so you can trust them to help you navigate every step of the shopping and buying process. That kind of service has earned Policy Genius thousands of five-star reviews across Trustpilot and Google. And eligible applicants can get covered in as little as a week, thanks to an award-winning policy option that swaps the standard medical exam requirement for a simple phone call. The exclusive policy was recently rated number one by Forbes Advisor, higher than options from Ladder, Ethos, and Bestow. Getting started is simple. Head on over to policygeniuscom Shapiro. You can work out how much life insurance coverage you need in just minutes. And then compare personalized quotes to find your best price. Policy Genius does all the rest. Head on over to policygeniuscom Shapiro to get started right now. Policy Genius. When it comes to insurance, it's nice and quite important to get it right. Okay, so this brings us to CNN's hit piece. And Now, I don't think that CNN runs pretty much anything without someone from the White House being behind it. I just don't think that's the way CNN operates. CNN is an adjunct wing of the Democratic press, press spokesperson essentially. So there's a piece there by I, Edward Isaac Dovier and Jasmine Wright. It is titled exasperation and dysfunction inside Kamala Harris's frustrating start as vice president. Oh, it's going to be good, guys. Do you see how the turnabout is fair play here? Everybody was thinking, man, I, I was not ready for this, this surprise ending. You know, everybody thought that when Joe Biden picked Kamala Harris, he would need a food taster because he, like, he wouldn't stand, you wouldn't want Joe Biden standing at the top of the stairs of Air Force One and Kamala Harris standing anywhere within like a three-foot radius, right? Because just one slip and, uh, and Kamala Harris is president. Well, what if it turns out that Joe Biden has put out the preemptive political hit on Kamala Harris. Wouldn't that be kind of glorious and hilarious? Well, that may be what's happening. And yeah, I'm here for it. It's enjoyable. Worn out by what they see as entrenched dysfunction and lack of focus. Key West Wing aides have largely thrown up their hands at Vice President Kamala Harris and her staff, deciding there simply isn't time to deal with them right now, especially at a moment when President Joe Biden faces quickly multiplying legislative and political concerns. The exasperation runs both ways. Interviews with nearly three dozen former and current Harris aides, administration officials, Democratic operatives, donors, and outside advisors who spoke extensively to CNN reveal a complex reality inside the White House. Many in the vice president's circle fume she's not being adequately prepared or positioned and is instead being sidelined. And the VP herself has told several confidants she feels constrained in what she's able to do politically. Yeah, they keep saying every time you go out and get in front of a camera, you look like an idiot. Those around her remain wary of even hinting at future political ambitions, with Biden's team highly attuned to signs of disloyalty, particularly from the vice president. She's a heartbeat away from the presidency now. She could be just a year away from launching a presidential campaign of her own, given doubts throughout the political world that Biden will actually go through with a re-election bid in 2024, something he's pledged to do both publicly and privately. Yeah, here's the other thing. Joe Biden doesn't want Kamala Harris around (laughs) because he sees her as a threat. And old Joe still has the idea that he's gonna run for re-election. And by run, I mean hobble toward re-election. Few of the insiders who spoke with CNN think she's being well-prepared for whichever role it will be. By the way, you shouldn't have to well-prepare the VP. I thought the entire idea was that the VP is ready day one in case, God forbid, the president goes down. I'm sorry, this is not a tutoring class. You don't get like remedial vice presidenting once you become vice president of the United States. You should not be selecting somebody for vice president of the... I mean, this is Joe Biden's fault, honestly. You shouldn't be selecting somebody for vice president who needs like remedial math. Yeah, this is not you went to high school and then they just kept passing you through. And then finally you graduated like 57th in your class of 75. And uh, and then you get to a community college and Jill's there teaching you how to do two plus two equals four. That's not what the VP slot is supposed to be here. Few of the insiders who spoke with CNN think she's being well prepared for whichever role it will be. Again, I just I love the image of just Kamala Harris sitting there and somebody standing in front of a blackboard explaining to her what the VP role is and how she's going to fulfill it. Harris is struggling with a rocky relationship with some parts of the White House, while longtime supporters feel abandoned and see no coherent public sense of what she's done or, or, even, or been trying to do as vice president. Being the first woman and the first woman of color in national elected office is historic, but has also come with outside scrutiny and no forgiveness for even small errors, as she will often point out. <laughs> By the way, always a great look. It doesn't look peevish or whiny at all to sit around as vice president of the United States talking about how everybody's mean to you. Oh, it's so sad. I mean, she doesn't get any forgiveness for small errors. Now, small errors like saying that she's been to the border when she hasn't been to the border ever and not understanding why she should go to the border, for example, or being charged with getting COVID under control and then completely failing at that. Literally everything she's tasked with, she fails at. Defenders and people who care for Harris are getting frantic, says CNN. Remember, this is CNN. This is not Fox News. This is coming directly from Biden. Okay, there's only one way that this piece gets run, and that is the White House is looking out there and they are saying she needs to go get rid of her now. We need another shot at this. Defenders and people who care for Harris are getting frantic. When they're annoyed, some pass around a recent Onion story mocking her lack of more substantive work. One with the headline, White House urges Kamala Harris to sit at computer all day in case emails come through. (laughs) When they're depressed, they bat down the Aaron Sorkin-style rumor that Biden might try to replace her by nominating her to a Supreme Court vacancy. That chatter has already reached top levels of the Biden orbit, according to one person who's heard it. Oh, yeah. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Nominating Kamala Harris to the Supreme Court of the United States based on her extensive experience being terrible at everything. Man, talk about just failing upward. This would be the greatest example of failing upward I've ever seen. She fails as AG in California. By the way, pushing the totally unconstitutional and ridiculous notion that the AG of a state can simply refuse to defend a law in a given state and then courts. Can simply refuse to adjudicate the law. This is what she did with Proposition 8. She said, I'm an AG of the state. I don't like traditional marriage. The voters in my state like traditional marriage. I don't. I refuse to challenge those. I refuse to stand up for that law in court. And then the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals is like, well, if the state of California isn't standing up for its own law, I guess we won't even adjudicate it. It's just ridiculous on its face. She was a garbage AG. She, she was a garbage senator. This is when I was in California, so I know. And now she's a garbage VP. And now they're like, what if we put her on the Supreme Court? Are you going to just, if she keeps failing, will she eventually become a deity? Like, seriously, we all have to sacrifice to Kamala Harris? We throw virgins into volcanoes for Kamala Harris if she keeps failing this way? We'll just keep moving her up the food chain until we all genuflect at the actual altar of Kamala Harris based on her sucking at her job royally? It's unbelievable. By the way, apparently this is like a thing in Democratic Party politics. Terry McAuliffe just lost his Virginia governor's race, which is nearly impossible to do. You know how hard you have to work as a Democrat to lose a Virginia gubernatorial race? You have to work super hard at it. And... I'll say this for Terry If He worked super hard at losing. That dude was dedicated to losing. He lost to Glenn Youngkin. First thing that happened, the Biden administration came around knocking on his door saying, do you want to be in the Biden administration? Like the failure upward is just astonishing. I mean, Joe Biden is a great story of this, right? Joe Biden ran for president 173 times. He's been running for president since William Jennings Bryan was challenging him in primaries. And now Joe Biden is president of the United States. You can just keep failing upward, presumably. According to CNN, Harris is perceived to be in such a weak position that top Democrats in and outside of Washington have begun to speculate privately, asking each other why the White House has allowed her to become so hobbled in the public consciousness, at least as they see it. Again, I love that her own failings are now Joe Biden's fault. Joe Biden is a doddering old fool. And the Biden team's like, why can't, why can't he help her? And Joe's like, and then he falls over and clonks his head. And we'll continue on this because it's 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 glorious. It really is. Talk about dysfunctional. Okay, As I've said before, when it comes to politics, folks, Understand, politics is never house of cards. It is always veep. It is never house of cards. It is always veep. It is a bunch of morons running around like chickens with their head cut off directly into walls until they knock themselves unconscious and then tax you. That is what American politics is. And politics of nearly every sort. I'll get to more on this in just one second. First, let us talk about how you sleep at night. Okay, so reality, when you listen to talk about politics, it might make you a little upset, it might make you a little angry. But when you lay your head on the pillow at night, you want to go to sleep. Well, One thing you don't think about is your sheet quality. Right? You need great sheets, and this is why you need Bowl & Branch. Bolin & Branch is the perfect holiday gift. It never disappoints with the highest quality sheets, blankets, pillows, and throws. Plus, their holiday packaging makes your gifts look and feel special. Husband and wife team Scott and Missy Tannen founded Bull & Branch to create a new standard in bedding by doing things the right way, not the easy way. Bolin Branch holds themselves to high standards across the board, and it's not just their sheets that are made the right way. Their pillows, bath towels, robes, they're all made just to top quality. I love my & Branch sheets. In fact, they're so good, I got rid of all of our other sheets. Seriously, like we only sleep on Bull and Branch at this point. Signature Hem Sheets are their all-time bestseller. They're beloved for a lot of reasons, like how they get softer with every single wash. They're buttery, soft, lightweight, made with 100% organic cotton weave that feels incredible in all seasons. Treat yourself and your loved ones to the new standard embedding from Bull & Branch. Their gifts come wrapped and ready in their special holiday packaging. Order by December 19th for guaranteed delivery by Christmas. Get up to 20% off your order from today through November 17th with promo code SHAPIRO at bullandbranch.com. That's B-O-L-L and branch.com. Promo code SHAPIRO. See site for details. Exclusions may apply. Go check them out right now. Bullandbranch.com. Use promo code SHAPIRO for their special deal. All right, so CNN's story, this hit piece on Kamala Harris continues. Quote, She's very honored and very proud to be vice president of the United States. Her job as the number two is to be helpful and supportive to the president and to take on work that he asks her to take on, said Eleni Kunalakis, the lieutenant governor of California, a longtime friend. Kunalakis spoke with the VP last Monday morning before Harris departed for a diplomatic mission to France. It is natural that those of us who know her know how much more helpful she can be than she is currently being asked to be, said Kunalakis. That's where the frustration is coming from. An incumbent vice president, says CNN, should be a shoe-in the next time the party's presidential nomination is open. But guessing who might launch a theoretical primary challenge to Harris has become an ongoing insider parlor game. Other politicians with their own presidential ambitions have started privately acknowledging they're trying to figure out how to quietly lay the groundwork to run if and when Harris falters, as they think she might. The reality is more complex and looks different to people more familiar with how any White House actually works. Harris is the first VP in decades to come into office with less Washington experience And the president finding her footing was always going to be hard. Oh, so sad. Presidents and vice presidents and their staffs often clash. Barack Obama's West Wing tended to be dismissive of Biden's staffers. And Biden himself had a number of stumbles early in that job. Republicans and right-wing media turned Harris into a political target from the moment she was picked for the ticket. An implicit racism and sexism have been constant. It's not that she sucks at her job. It's racism and sexism. That's, that's the solution. And by the way, Joe Biden picked her for racism and sexism. Why he picked her? Openly. I need a black woman for the job, he said. And thus he picked a black woman. I don't know who's being the racist and the sexist other than the guy who literally said he's selecting on the basis of race and sex. But, says CNN, it's a conundrum unique to her. People are expecting their historic vice president to make history every day, when in fact she's trying to carry the duties of a secondary role. Harris is being judged, not just by how she's doing in the traditional duties of a vice president, said Minion Moore, a longtime Democratic operative, who's become Harris's most important outside advisor. It's a little more subliminal, but it's real. What's her playbook in history, said Moore. Harris has emerged as a quiet force in the administration, said Moore. Oh, is that? And she focuses attention on different issues, sometimes just by her very presence in the room. Oh, that's a good way of putting stand in the corner and say nothing and wear the dunce cap, please. She's a quiet force in the administration. That's amazing. You know, uh, this Kleenex box right here, it's a quiet force on my show. It's been sitting right here on the table this whole time, doing pretty much nothing. But, you know, really, this, this Kleenex box right here, I think it's been having a market impact on the quality of the show. It doesn't have to have any Kleenex in it, by the way. I think it's empty. I think we need a new Kleenex box. But it's been doing a, it's doing a, it's a quiet force It focuses attention on different issues just by its very presence in the room. Love it. Love it. That is a hot take right there from Minion Moore. Her quiet presence in the room, just standing there like a thing. (laughs) Uh, I love this too. Uh, It's so good. Okay, the story just gets better from CNN. With many sources speaking on condition of anonymity to discuss the situation more frankly, they all tell roughly the same story. Harris's staff has repeatedly failed her and left her exposed. Stalin has never failed. Only Stalin's staff has failed him. To the Lubyanka with you. Yes. um, (laughs) Harris cannot fail. Harris can only be failed. Even some who have been asked for advice lament Harris's overly cautious tendencies and staff problems, which have been a feature of every office she's held from San Francisco DA to U.S. Senate. CNN continues, Biden aimed to model his relationship with Harris on his own vice presidency and directed aides early in his presidency to employ her in similar fashion. He arranged weekly lunches, just as he'd held with Obama, and invited Harris to join him for his morning classified intelligence briefing. Harris, meanwhile, threw herself into proving her commitment to the president and the administration, using his relationship with Obama as her guide. Even then, some White House aides questioned whether Biden's experience as VP would easily translate to someone with far different qualifications and skills and to a much different moment. After Harris became known in the first few months for often standing by Biden's side in the frame as he made big speeches, even after she'd introduced him herself, the White House, the West Wing appears to have overcorrected so she's, so she's been with the president noticeably less, not just in public. A week and a half ago, as Biden and his aides and multiple outside allies rattled through calls all day, trying to lock down wavering lawmakers ahead of the House infrastructure vote, Harris spent the afternoon touring a NASA space flight center in suburban Maryland. We weren't going to cancel her schedule just because of the House's foolishness, a Harris had explained. Um, well, alternatively, the White House was like, yeah, we don't need you in, in the room making calls to people. If you'd like to go see the spaceships and the nice telescope and, and we can hire some kids. So they look excited. To, that happened. They literally hired children to be in the room with her. That's how popular she is. That's that's exciting stuff. They're like, actual. that was reported. So good times over there with Kamala Harris. The next morning, Biden singled her out saying a lot of this has to do with the lady right here, the vice president. But that's not how things have played out. No, Indeed. It is not. We'll get to more of this in a moment. Yes, we're going to go through the complete collapse of Kamala Harris in excruciating detail because this is the hit, okay? The Democrats, it's so funny. They're trying to buy it back. They're trying to be like, no, it, it, they keep saying that, that it, it's really about others failing her. But um, no, it is not. It is that she is, uh, she is a complete failure. And this is Joe Biden's fault. And it's it's just wonderful to watch. We'll get to more of it in just one second. First, let's talk again about that sleep quality. So I already talked about cheats. Now you need like the actual mattress, right? You need a mattress that is made just for you. At the end of a long day, you want to crash onto your Helix Sleep mattress. Helix Sleep has a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everybody's unique. Helix knows that. They have several different mattress models to choose from. They've got soft, medium, firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Mattress is great for spinal alignment to prevent morning aches and pains. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-sized sleepers. It's such a great mattress. I actually got one for my sister for her wedding. It is a fantastic, fantastic gift. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix has financing options, flexible payment plans, a great night's sleep is never far away. I took the Helix Sleep Quiz. I got a firm mattress that's really breathable, which is exactly what I need. Just go to helixsleep.com Ben. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They will match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering up to 200 bucks off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com Ben. Okay, so back to this CNN hit piece on Kamala Harris. So apparently Joe Biden had basically shuffled her off to NASA to hang out with the children. And then he brought her back and he's like, she, she contributed a lot. She, she you know, she, she really helped me out. But says CNN, that's not exactly how things had played out. While she had attended some meetings Biden hosted with key lawmakers, there were many more she didn't attend. To the point it was noteworthy. She made an unscheduled drop by one session in the final stretch. Harris had only been in Washington for years to the White House just one time before being sworn in as VP. So, in other words, she didn't know any of the senators, and no one cared about her, and no one liked her. So sending her to the Hill was completely pointless. Harris's aides cite how much of what's in the infrastructure bill connects back to legislation she worked on while in the Senate, including accessible broadband, wildfire defense, water cleanup, and clean energy school buses. Ooh, school buses. Perhaps one Harris aide offered. The issue is that some in the West Wing don't have constant knowledge of what the VP team is doing. We feel like a central component of the effort overall, another said. Harris has also complained to confidence about not being a greater part of the president's approach to the Afghanistan withdrawal. Despite telling CNN at the time, she was the last one in the room when he made the decision, leaving her without more to draw on when she defended him publicly. Wait, so she she's so politically incompetent, she wanted to be closer to the center of the Afghanistan withdrawal? That is something like that that line right there tells you everything you need to know about Kamala Harris's political instincts. Joe Biden destroyed his presidency on the shoals of Afghanistan. He decided to precipitously withdraw from Afghanistan, leave hundreds of American citizens behind, leave tens of thousands of SIV holders behind, leave 19 million women to the predations of the Taliban. And Kamala Harris is like, why can't I be in the room for that? Why can't I be at the center of that? Man, this this lady has the political instincts of a badger trying to cross the I-5. Like, very bright, bright. When Harris picked, Her- When Biden picked Harris as his running mate, he was essentially anointing her as the future of the Democratic Party, says CNN. Now many of those close to her feel like he's shirking his political duties to promote her, essentially setting her up to fail. Her fans are panicked. By her fans, we mean her and Doug Emhoff again, watching her poll numbers sink even lower than Biden's, worrying that even the base Democratic vote is starting to give up on her. Says a top donor to Biden and other Democrats, quote, Kamala Harris is a leader, but is not being put in positions to lead. That doesn't make sense. We need to be thinking long-term. We need to be doing what's best for the party. You should be putting her in positions to succeed. On the one one issue Harris has actually asked to be assigned voting rights, progress has been slow because Biden is focused on passing his own domestic agenda. Even though Harris has said privately, the filibuster must be scaled back if real progress can be achieved. And though Harris has told Confidence she's been enjoying a good working dynamic directly with Biden, those who work for them describe their relationship in terms of settling into an exhausted stalemate. Suspicion, says CNN, has sprouted out of bitterness. Last month, White House aides leapt to the defense of Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Harris loyalists tell CNN they see in that yet another example of the unfair standard to play, wondering why she didn't get similar cover any of the times she's been attacked by the right. It's hard to miss the specific energy the White House brings to defend a white man, knowing that Kamala Harris has spent almost a year taking a lot of the hits the West Wing didn't want to take themselves instead of former Harris aide. So now it's going to be so much fun, guys, because Judge is going to run, run against her. And it's going to be Kamala Harris being like, you only like Judge because he's white. And Buttigieg is going to be like, you only like Kamala Harris because she's straight. It's going to be intersectional joy all the way down. Gonna be lots of fun. White House aides said they weren't pitting one against the other. The difference in the responses those aides think was that Buttigieg hadn't done anything wrong. Buttigieg's leave was a conveniently timed reminder that Biden is pushing for a national paid leave law. That's different from when Harris has created problems for herself, White House aides believe, such as when she didn't push back on a student who accused Israel of ethnic genocide. West Wing aides weren't going to clean up after that. But even when White House has faced her own manufactured outrage from the right, like when an innocuous tweet about enjoying the long Memorial Day weekend was said to be insulting dead veterans, White House aides also remained virtually silent. And then CNN continues along these lines. Harris's team is mad Biden assigned her to handle diplomatic relations with the Northern Triangle nations in the hopes of addressing root causes of migration, but gave her no role on the southern border itself. As CNN has previously reported, Harris herself has said she didn't want to be assigned to manage the border, aware that it was a no-win political situation that would only sandbag her in the future. But Biden's team was annoyed that Harris kept fumbling answers about the border, as some around Harris at the White House failed to come to her defense. Biden aides have repeatedly told Harris aides they'd love to have her, they'd, they'd love to have her doing more, and asked the VP's office to come up with plans for how to get her involved. According to people familiar with the conversations, though the staffs are on multiple calls per week, West Wing aides are often left wondering why there's not more follow-through. Aware of her stumblings and the ticking political clock, Harris's chief of staff, Tina Florida, went to Ron Klain over the summer. They were drowning and they needed more help. Klain is known as a Kamala Harris defender in the West Wing, this is the chief of staff, and does a weekly one-on-one meeting with her in the West Wing office to help her strategize. As a former chief of staff to two VPs, Klain knows the dynamics well. Klain, in a statement provided to CNN, downplayed any criticism of the VP, saying Harris and her team are, quote, off to the fastest and strongest start of any VP I have seen. Harris's aides point that Biden was never subjected to the kind of attacks she regularly or endures or to a toxic social media culture. And then they say it's because she's too loyal to Biden. That's the big problem. She is too loyal to Biden. And then she starts blaming her aides. In and around Harris's circle, they speculate there must be someone getting in her way. Something it's the president himself, leaving her out in the cold. Some blame specific West Wing aides whom they feel are out to, whom they feel sure are out to undercut her. Some fear the vice president is leaning heavily on her sister, Maya, brother-in-law, Tony West, and niece, Mina Harris, whom they sense exerting influence over everything from staff hires to political decisions. Several people familiar with the operations of the VP say that after a spike in involvement earlier in the year, the family has now been pushed further out again recently. If you expect that to remain the case? So again, she's blaming her operation. You have everybody in the White House blaming her. You have her falling apart on the public stage. And um, she is she's just falling apart. She's falling apart. Donna Brazil, one of seven, pro- several prominent black women who urged Biden advisors to put Harris on the ticket, agreed that it's time to retool after a rough first year. Brazil wants to see the VP on the road almost constantly. Keep Air Force Two gassed up and ready to go, she joked, whether talking about replacing lead pipes in Flint or expanding broadband in rural America. She's a wonderful messenger, but it has to be clear, concise, and consistent, said Brazil. Don't make her a creature of the beltway. Let her out. Yeah, that's the issue, is that they've been, uh, we haven't seen enough of Kamala Harris. So, Here's the funny part. The Biden administration is desperately trying to downplay this. How do we know? So Jen Psaki, who is back from her COVID bout, she was fine. She tweeted out, there's a direct quote, for anyone who needs to hear it, VP is not only a vital partner to POTUS, but a bold leader who has taken on key important challenges facing the country from voting rights to addressing root causes of migration to expanding broadband. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yes. There's that energy. Gotta love that energy. We are so happy we picked up that Blaine Gabbert to be our, our backup quarterback now that Tom Brady is, is injured. This is gonna go just great. We love her. We love her. Yeah, things are going great over here. Blaine Gabbert will definitely, we're not gonna pick up anyone from the waiver wire. Blaine Gabbert is definitely gonna be our longtime starting quarterback. Yeah. Hmm. Jen Saki really trying to tweet through it. Ron Klain doing the same thing. So Ron Klain, chief of staff and just retweeted something from a person named Robert Garcia. Our VP Kamala Harris just finished a highly successful trip where she strengthened diplomatic relationships. She takes on the most complex assignment because she's capable and smart. She's a great leader who also happens to be funny and kind. And that's the tweet. And Ronald Klein retweeted that. So Team Biden is like, okay, we're going to pretend that we like her. Yeah, we hate her. We're going to pretend. Okay, sure. So the fact that Kamala Harris is in a complete state of implosion and they have a giant, several thousand word long story at CNN about the complete implosion of Kamala Harris. Demonstrates the Democrats are in such serious trouble. They are in the biggest trouble right now, and they know it. I mean, they're in serious. How, how serious is the trouble the Democrats are in? According to a brand new ABC News Washington Post poll, Republican congressional candidates in the generic ballot currently hold their biggest lead in forty years, in four decades. This is the biggest lead since before I was born in the congressional generic ballot. The Democratic Party's difficulties, according to ABC News, are deep. They include soaring economic discontent, a president who's fallen 12 percentage points under water in job approval, and a broad sense the party is out of touch with the concerns of most Americans. 62% say so. And this is the worst number for the Democratic Party. They're down at 41% in the history of the poll. In the history of the poll. About as many people see the Republican Party as out of touch. President Biden's keystone policy initiatives might be more popular than he is, but he's getting no credit for it. Only 31% of Americans say that Biden is keeping his major campaign promises. 35% think he is accomplishing much overall. 59% worry he'll do too much to increase the size and role of government. That's up six points since the spring. As things stand, if the midterms were around today, 51% of registered voters say they would support the Republican candidate in the congressional district. 41% say the Democrat. By the way, that's among registered voters, not likely voters. In the midterms, likely voters are going to tend more Republican. That lead is smaller than what the vote will end up being if that holds. 55% of Americans disapprove of Biden's economic performance. That is 6% higher than any approval rating for Donald Trump. 6% higher than any disapproval rating for Donald Trump. And remember, in September 2017, Donald Trump's disapproval rating on the economy was 49%. And then he lost 40 seats in the House. So what's going to happen to the Democrats? Will there be Democrats in the House at all if these polls hold? Because Joe Biden is wildly unpopular. And the Democrats were betting, okay, fine, he'll do the wildly unpopular thing. He'll restructure the American economy. And then he'll hand it over to Kamala. Except now they're looking at they're going, uh-oh, they're doing the Kamala Harris phase. It's, it's not, yeah, it's not going to be good. And somewhere Kamala Harris laughs super duper awkwardly. And there is no bump for Joe Biden from the infrastructure bill. They keep trying to make infrastructure a thing. Fetch is not going to be a thing. 70% of Americans rate the economy as not so good or poor. And this is is just, it's bad news for the Democrats. Like really bad news. And the economic news continues to be underwhelming. We'll get to that in just one moment. First, let's talk about the underwear that currently grace your tuchas. I can tell you the underwear that grace this magnificent tuchas are Tommy John underwear. They're just that good because they deserve to be worn on this magnificent. Tuchus. Tommy John underwear, super comfortable, really durable, lightweight, breathable. Again, it is the best. Tommy John is just the best. You're not going to want any other underwear after you try Tommy John. You'll feel the same level of comfort layering that a luxuriously soft loungewear right on top as well. It's comfortable. It's good looking. You can, and you will be wearing them anywhere. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics with over 96% four-star plus reviews and over 16 million pairs sold. You have to try Tommy John for yourself. Plus, it's all backed by that Tommy John best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free, guarantee. Get 20% off your first order right now at TommyJohn.com Ben. That's TommyJohn.com Ben. For 20% off TommyJohn.com Ben, see site for details. Again, Tommy John is so good that once you try other underwear, it's going to be very difficult to go back. To those ones that bunch up and are uncomfortable and they break down in the washing machine. Not so with Tommy John. Go check them out right now. TommyJohn.com slash Ben, get 20% off your first order today. righty. we'll get to more on the economy in just one moment. And Joe Biden and his administration trying to tweet through it, basically. First, as the legacy media continue to report their version of the news, our newest podcast, Morning Wire, continues topping the Apple and Spotify charts. We've continued our commitment to bringing you the news without a hidden agenda. It's the only daily podcast that values your time and the truth. While we're working overtime to bring you the news you need to know, we need your help to keep the facts trending toward number one. So subscribe, start listening right now to Morning Wire on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. You're listening to the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. All righty, so while Joe Biden is flailing in the polls, the economy continues to flounder. According to the UK Daily Mail, a record 4.4 million Americans quit their jobs in September. Uh, Apparently, they were doing so to fill other positions. But what this means is that people aren't really getting back into the workforce at the rate they need to be. People are leaving some jobs and they're filling other jobs, which means the jobs they just left are now open. According to the UK Daily Mail, Americans quit their jobs at a record pace for the second straight month in September. In many cases, for more money elsewhere, as companies bump up pay to fill job openings that are close to an all-time high. The U.S. Department of Labor announced on Friday that 4.4 million people, about 3% of the nation's workforce, quit their jobs in September. That's up from 4.3 million in August, far above the pre-pandemic level of 3.6 million. There were still 10.4 million job openings. The figures come on the heels of Wednesday's Consumer Price Index, which revealed the cost of living up 6.2% in October 21 from one year prior is at its highest level in 31 years. So, Joe Biden is celebrating all of this, but people are quitting jobs to go to other jobs. They are not getting back into the workforce. We are going to create for ourselves a permanent underclass. And at some point, by the way, if you can't fill the jobs, you're going to be unable to keep your business open. Okay, As The Wall Street Journal points out, the slow return of prime age workers is threatening the recovery. The share of people working or looking for a job has stagnated in recent months. The participation rate was 61.6% in October, up from a steep decline at the onset of the pandemic still well below 63.3% in February of 2020, just before COVID-19 hit the U.S. economy. Roughly 1.4 million fewer adults age 25 to 54 are working or looking for a job than in the month before the pandemic hit. The labor force participation rate for these so-called prime age workers was 81.7% this October, down from 82.9% in February 2020. And if people keep staying out of the workforce, it's gonna be very difficult to ramp up production necessary to curb inflation. Now, you got the Biden administration. Again, they just keep trying to tweet through this stuff. What I mean by that is that it's like Baghdad, Bob. None of people are going back into the workforce. And uh, a lot of people are quitting. And so you have the White House economic advisor, Jared Bernstein, saying, you know, people quitting is probably a good thing. Like, we sh- like why shouldn't we be positive about that?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked because it's uh, often misinterpreted as a bad sign when from a worker's perspective, it's actually a good sign. The reason it's a good sign is because at a time of very strong labor demand, 5.6 million jobs created since this president got here, 620,000 per month, historical records, the unemployment rate falling faster than it has in, uh, in, over, in over 50 years. So that, those kinds of conditions mean that there are lots of good, higher-paying opportunities for workers to engage in upward mobility. And that's what the quit rates are telling us. At a time like this, people are not quitting and leaving the labor market. They're mostly quitting so that they can move up the scale to a better job.
0: Okay, and uh, you know what else is happening? The jobs they just left are unoccupied, and people aren't going back into the workforce at the rate that they need to be going back into the workforce, all of which is creating a shortage of supply. The reason that you get inflation is because you have too much money that is chasing too few goods. Okay, so yes, you have a supply chain bottleneck, but you don't have people getting back into the workforce fast enough because we incentivize them to stay home, because we paid them to stay home, because we blew money into the system at an overwhelming rate for the last two years, and a lot of people are still living off that money at this point. Okay, And it's, and it's going to get even worse if the Democrats get what they want, which is heavy regulations and heavy taxation. So there is a, a formula that is quite famous, about prices and inflation. Okay, the formula goes something like this. Okay, it is MV equals PT. This is brought to us by our friend David Bonson, who has a brand new book out. You should go check it out. He's an economist. Okay, MV equals PT. M is higher money supply. V is velocity, meaning how fast is the money passing through the economy. Okay, so when you multiply those together, that gives you the price times the supply. So price times supply Equals the amount of money in the system times the velocity. So what that means is that if you have really, really high money supply, the prices are going to go up. The only way they won't go up is if you have tre- is if you have tremendous generation of supply. Right? If you got high money and high velocity, you better have really, really high supply or you're going to get increased prices. That's just the way the formula works. The problem right now is that the Biden administration is doing two things. One, they're blowing more money into the economy with M. And two, they're lowering the amount of supply. How are they lowering the amount of supply? First of all, you have the supply chain crisis. But second of all, the supply of product is dependent on investment in the economy. Are people hiring? Are people going to continue to hire even when the taxes kick in and the regulations kick in? Joe Biden wants to tax the living hell out of everything that moves. If the idea is regulate it while it lives and tax it until it dies, that is the Biden administration philosophy. That is going to to create serious economic blowback, including increased stagflation. That is why you are getting inflation right now is because of lack of supply. So what are they doing? They're trying to restrict supply, apparently, by saying that it is good that there are not enough people in the workforce. It's an act of good. Not only that, they're trying to pass more regulations and more taxation, which is going to cut down on the ability of people to invest in the economy, thereby generating the new supply. But again, the Biden administration keeps on trying to tweet through it. So you got Biden economist Jared Bernstein saying that Build Back Better, which is all taxes and all regulation, is going to put downward pressure on inflation. In what magical world is this going to happen? Are you an insane person?
1: When it comes to Building back better when it comes to the infrastructure plan, these are measures, and this is as well understood as it needs to be, that will put downward pressure on inflation. That's not just me talking. You have economists like Larry Summers saying this, Mark Zandi from Moody's Economics saying this. We have 17 Nobel laureates signing a letter that says, and I'm gonna quote here, that these bills, will enhance the ability of more Americans to participate productively in the economy. It will ease longer term inflationary pressure.
0: Okay, no one thinks really this is going to ease longer term inflationary pressure, not if you are restructuring the economy with with regulation and taxation while blowing money into the economy. It's like the worst available policy. But again, they're going to keep tweeting through. You got the White House National Economic Council director, Brian D, saying we need Build Back Better, more cowbell, more. How
1: concerned are you and the president about inflation and what specifically are you doing to fix it? Well, inflation is high right now and it is affecting consumers in their pocketbook and also in their outlook for the economy. But those concerns underscore why it's so important that we move forward on the Build Back Better legislation, this legislation that the House is going to consider this week.
0: These people are out of their damn minds. They're out of their minds. Again, the administration's solution to too little supply and too much money in the system is more money supply and let's tax anybody who seeks to invest in the system. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, they're nominating people like their new treasury, their new treasury nominee, Salo Morova, who's supposed to oversee banking. This is a person who has openly said in the past she wants to get rid of bank account deposits. Yeah, nothing is going to gin up investment in the economy by like getting rid of bank account deposits, which the banks then use in order to do fractional reserve banking, right? Lend out the money so that people can actually invest. Get rid of that. It'll be great. Here's Selma Again, this is a person who's been nominated by the Biden administration to oversee banking in the United States. It's crazy.
1: Imagine what would it be like If instead of being just a public option for deposit uh, banking, this would be actually the full transition. In other
0: words, there will be no more private uh, bank deposit accounts and all of the deposit accounts will be held directly at the Fed. They're totally crazy. They're out of their minds. Larry Summers, again, a Democrat, former Treasury Secretary under Bill Clinton, who now looks like a moderate Republican by today's standards. Larry Summers was lighting up the Biden White House on inflation as well he should.
1: Look, they forecast that inflation would be 2% this year in the president's budget. It's three times that. They said in the summertime, after they'd been initially wrong, that inflation would be back to normal by the end of the year. Then they said early in the fall that inflation would subside early next year. Now they're saying that it's going to subside in the second half
0: of uh next year that does not sound transitory gang that sounds like that is a permanent feature of american public life and i don't know what the borderline between transitory and permanent is in american politics i can tell you that it ain't two years okay like come on come on and meanwhile the good news is the media are going to tweet through it with them so msnbc's stephanie rule she says here's the good news you guys can inform you can afford inflation it's fine you're fine stop whining
1: But you have to put all this in perspective. This inflation is not in isolation. And the government predicted it was going to be a challenging recovery. Recovery all tied to COVID. So it's why you see things like that expanded child tax credit. You've got the families of over 60 million kids on average getting $430 a month for people on fixed incomes, older people on Social Security. They're getting those fixed payments adjusted next year up 5.9% for inflation. And the dirty little secret here, Willie, while nobody likes to pay more, on average, we have the money to do so.
0: Okay, on average, we don't. Wages are not rising as fast as inflation is. Everyone knows it. But you know what? When you got to push the agenda, you got to push the agenda. Okay, so there are unforeseen consequences to the kind of democratic behavior that we are seeing right now. Hilariously, there's only one group of people who are really benefiting from the inflation and it's state and local governments. Okay, so state and local governments are raking in the tax dollars. According to the Wall Street Journal, one irony of inflation is that while it's bad for working Americans, it's great for the government. Tax revenues soar as nominal profits and incomes rise. And for evidence, simply look at the boom in state and local government coffers. They've rarely had it so good, but don't expect them to be frugal spenders. Overall, state and local government receipts, including federal aid, were 23% above pre-pandemic levels in the third quarter through September, thanks to Congress's gusher of spending and the strong economic recovery, according to the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget. Property corporate sales and individual tax revenue from the third quarter of 2020 through the second quarter of this year is running 18.3% above the same period two years ago. How many Americans have seen their incomes rise almost 20% over the last two years? Like a lot of us, progressive states are doing especially well. They're whining about how they don't have enough money. They, they have plenty of money. State and local tax revenue in New York is running $13.3 billion. That's 21.3% higher for the current fiscal year that began in April over the same period in 2019. And by the way, 2019 was a good year. California continues to report record of monthly tax collections. And these rich states are receiving plenty of welfare from from Washington. Congress has now given states and local governments $885 billion in direct aid through various COVID bills for schools, public transit, Medicaid, and more. And now they're about to get another helping from the infrastructure deal. Remember last year the states were saying they were gonna go bankrupt? Yeah, it was all a lie. It's not true. And of course, the federal government is about to dump $4 trillion more in if they get Build Back Better passed. You can see why so many Democrats are in favor of all of this. There's only one problem it completely destroys economic innovation, it completely destroys the ability of people to invest. So, great exchange, hilarious exchange between Bernie Sanders and Elon Musk on Twitter yesterday. So, Bernie Sanders did his usual thing. Yeah, Bernie Sanders does this thing on Twitter. Where he says, The world is full of unfair things that happen all the time. I'd like. Fair things, and I don't like unfair things. Unfair things are bad. Bad things are bad. And then everybody in his, they go, yay, Bernie. Woo! Okay, so that is Bernie's Twitter account. So Bernie tweeted out, we must demand that the extremely wealthy pay their fair share. Period. And bring me pudding. We must demand the extremely wealthy pay their fair share. Now, we've discussed ad nauseum on this program, how much the wealthy pay in the United States, and it's all net income taxes in the United States. Like, all of it. Okay, but there's only one problem. When you tell people they have to pay their fair share and when Bernie Sanders says fair share, he means pretty much everything. Everybody knows. So Elon Musk tweeted out, I keep forgetting you're still alive. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Harsh stuff there from uh, from Elon Musk. Boom. Okay. And then he follows up there. He follows up on that one. And he says, would you like me to sell some more of my stock? Because this is what he did. He says, want me to sell more stock, Bernie? Just say the word. He says, Bernie is a taker, not a maker. This is correct. Okay, so the the Bernie Sanders economic agenda, the Democratic economic agenda hurts the economy. It makes inflation worse. It creates economic stagnation. They know this, by the way. So they have to come up with an excuse. The excuse they're coming up with for for their own failed economic policy is alternatively, apparently Kamala Harris, who's just being taken and, and sacrificed to the great gods of Joe Biden's political ambition, or COVID, Right. They keep blaming COVID. So you had the White House National Economic Council director, Brian Deese, saying, you know what? All the problems we're seeing right now, they're not Joe Biden's fault. They're COVID's fault. Now, here's the thing. They're not COVID's fault. I know because I live in a state where everybody is going about their daily business like everything is normal because it's normal now. But apparently it's all COVID's fault.
1: Certainly, we saw just as the Delta variant uh- post-real-health challenges to the economy. I had also had economic impacts. Uh, more people were consuming goods at home, watching TV rather than buying a new television, rather than going out uh, to the movies and spending on services. And so that's added to some of the supply chain challenges that we face, but we're seeing these price increases as inflation globally because of the supply chain challenges associated with uh, COVID. That's why we're going right at attacking those issues right now as well.
0: So great, it's, it's all COVID. They're going directly at the COVID issue. So how are they going to solve COVID? So they said they were going to solve the economy and they proceeded to basically act like a monkey scoring a basketball. And the, 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 that is the Biden economic policy, a monkey just going to town on a basketball. So, so now they've done the same thing on COVID. Remember that time that Joe Biden said he wasn't going to shut down the economy, he was going to shut down the virus. Remember that time? And he shut down the economy and not shut down the virus. So his plan has been that he's going to force every employer in America to force their employees to get vaccinated. That's only one problem. You're looking at countries all over the all over the world and they have very high vaccination rates and they are still having breakthrough cases and people who are unvaccinated are still getting sick. That's just the way life is. You got to make your choice and then live with it and go back to work and live your life. End of story. But Joe Biden wants to be seen as the guy who can fix all of these problems even though again, monkey basketball that that does not make for a, a successful mating strategy. Okay, so he's done that again on the economy. Now it's a monkey screwing a basketball on, on COVID. And, um, and it's a complete failure. But I think that he means for it to be a complete failure because all he wants is just not to be blamed. So over the weekend, a federal appeals court in New Orleans, according to the Washington Post, halted the Biden administration's vaccine or testing requirement for private businesses, delivering another political setback to one of the White House's signature public health policies. A three-judge panel of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit, helmed by one judge appointed by President Reagan and two others appointed by Trump, issued the ruling Friday after temporarily halting the mandate last weekend. Calling the requirement to mandate, the court said the rule instituted through the Labor Department, quote, grossly exceeds OSHA's statutory authority. Rather than than a delicately handled scalpel, the mandate is a one-size-fits-all sledgehammer that makes hardly any attempt to account for differences in workplaces and workers that have more than a little bearing on workers' varying degrees of susceptibility to the supposedly grave danger the mandate purports to address. The mandate imposes a financial burden upon them by deputizing their participation in OSHA's regulatory scheme, exposes them to severe financial risk if they fail to comply, and threatens to decimate their workforces and business prospects by forcing unwilling employees to take their shots, take their tests, or hit the road. And that's in the Fifth Circuit. We have our lawsuit here at Daily Wire against the Biden administration in the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals. And the Biden administration is gonna fail here. It's just going to fail. According to the Air Force Times, the new commander of the Oklahoma National Guard has now declared, The organization will not enforce DOD's COVID-19 vaccine mandate on its troops. Army Brigadier General Thomas Mancino was announced as the state's new adjutant general Wednesday, but he has not yet been confirmed by the state Senate. On November 2nd, Stitt Stitt is the governor of of Oklahoma, Kevin Stitt. He formally requested that DOD not enforce the mandate on the state's army and Air National Guard members. In the letter, which his office posted online, he said that 10% of the state's troops had refused the vaccine and that the mandate was irresponsible. So, the Pentagon has said that they will respond appropriately. The state's former top general, Army Major General Michael Thompson, told local reporters Thursday he learned who his replacement was via social media. That after taking the reins from Thompson, Mancino issued a policy memo declaring the state would not enforce the mandate on its troops when they are under state control. So, they are not going to be deputized by the federal government to do Joe Biden's vaccine mandate. Meanwhile, over in Florida, Ron DeSantis is bringing back Florida lawmakers to crack down on pandemic mandates. According to The Washington Post, a special legislative session dubbed Keep Florida Free begins today at the behest of Governor DeSantis, who wants lawmakers to pass more measures to block COVID vaccine mandates by public and private employers. The four bills being considered would ratchet up the penalties for businesses, local governments, and other entities that require workers to be vaccinated against the virus and students to wear masks in schools. According to DeSantis, the session will strengthen as well as augment rules already in place, in part through his own executive orders. He said, at the end of the day, we want people to be able to make informed decisions for themselves. We've got to stop. We've got to stop bossing people around. We've got to stop the coercion. We've got to stop trying to browbeat people. He said, we're going to be striking a blow for freedom. So some Republicans are are saying that they're not super happy with this. But the bottom line is that the breakdown red to blue is that red states wish to be free and go about their daily business. And blue states apparently wish to lock down forever and be subject to the whims of people like Joe Biden. And it's complete failure. Okay, all of this is really unpopular. It's really unpopular. The Democrats, by the way, have settled on their midterm strategy. So you might be looking at all of this and thinking to yourself, my God, they're just going to get shellacked. What exactly is their plan here? Like, what is their plan for 2022, 2024? Kamala Harris and Pete Buttigieg for 2024? Inflation, economic stagnation and Vax mandates for 2022? Like what exactly is the plan here? Well, the good news is that Politico now has a copy of the Democratic playbook for 2022, 2024. You ready for this? Quote, Most measures suggest that Democrats are very likely to lose control of the House next year. So we were eager to get the first look at a memo the DCCC, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, is releasing this morning on the state of play a little less than one year out from Election Day. The positive case for returning Democrats to power is their legislative agenda, the passage of the American Rescue Plan to tackle the pandemic, fail the infrastructure bill, meh, and they hope the Build Back Better agenda. It's going nowhere. But there is a ton of data in history that make it clear new presidents often don't get rewarded by voters for their legislative achievements in their first midterm. Do Democrats have a backup plan? They do, according to Politico. So wait for it. What's their backup plan? Let's see if you can guess. I'm going to give you three seconds to think of it. Correct. They're going to shout about January 6th. This is their backup plan. Quote, they do. Rip the bark off House Republicans as, quote, too dangerous for American families by focusing on GOP support for Trump, the January 6th riot and COVID-19 conspiracies. Here's the key portion of the DCCC memo. The moment Washington Republicans felt their grip on power loosen, they unleashed a full assault on American democracy, culminating in a murderous assault on the Capitol and the introduction of anti-voter legislation around the country. Every day, Republicans demonstrate how unserious, cynical and dangerous their return to power would be. Since January 6th, Republicans have attempted to block investigations of the assault, cover up their alleged involvement, and have even defended and celebrated the rioters. Okay, really, this is the law you're going back to? January 6th. So by the time we hit November of 2022, you think voters are still going to be focused in on January 6th of 2021? Man, they are cruising for a serious bruising come 2022. And here's the thing. You can say that there are so many, look at these Republican crazies, these crazy Republican Congress people. Most people in their districts know they're Congress people. Most of them have already voted for those Congress people. It's the Democrats who are going to be on the defensive right here. And so they have a secondary strategy. They're going to yell about COVID. Quote, since day one of this pandemic, they've been hell bent on making it longer and more disastrous. Denying the seriousness of COVID, lying about the effectiveness of masks, social distancing and vaccines. Encouraging Americans to consume horse dewormer. They're really going to go with this line. Even as hundreds of thousands died and children filled up ICU beds. Okay, first of all, Again, the number of kids who have died over the course of the entire pandemic, 10 to 20 healthy children have died, according to Marty McCary of Johns Hopkins. So this is their their pitch. Their pitch is that they are going to yell about January 6th and COVID. Man, they are going to get skunked and they are going to deserve it. They're going to get it so hard from the American public. They have it coming. But don't worry, they'll have the media backing their play every step of the way. So SNL capped off its its season of stupidity with with another one of their brilliant, Brilliant little sketches. This one starring Pete Davidson, who again, I I, I will never understand the Pete Davidson thing. I'm just never going to get it. I don't think he's funny. I don't think he's talented. Somehow he he his I will say his dating age range is quite astonishing. It goes all the way down to like 18 at the low end and up to apparently like 85 at the upper end. He he like there will be a movie a remake of Harold and Maud starring Pete Davidson at some point. In any case, he uh, he did a sketch on SNL. With Big Bird, right? Because, because Democrats have been using Big Bird to push vaccinations for, for children. Playing Joe Rogan. Now, first of all, let me just say this, okay? Uh, Pete Davidson as Joe Rogan is not good casting. Like Pete Davidson is one pound and about six foot nine. He looks like a bean pole. So bad casting there. Also, he can't act, so there's that. So he plays Joe Rogan. And of course, we're just going to hear the same Democratic talking points on Horsty Warmer from SNL. I I really, you have to wonder why are Democrats so out of touch? The reason is because their cheerleaders in the press keep telling them that they are doing a wonderful job. Here's SNL just mirroring false democratic talking points. Joe Rogan already destroyed them on. Can you help me, Joe?
1: Oh, sure thing, Big Bird. You see, I took Carlos Mencia down. I could take COVID. Here's some zinc and ayahuasca and some horse medicine. a bird take horse medicine i'm a human and i took horse medicine <laughs> and i'm speaking of things that uh, are horse-like uh today's two sponsors are the letters s and d as in i can s my own d
0: <laughs> okay um i have no idea who wrote this or why they thought it was funny in any way it's just the decay of the republic is is Upon us, even our comedians are no longer capable of doing comedy. Like basic skill sets have completely faded into oblivion. By the way, as Joe stated, he can afford people medicine. MFR. <laughs> All right. But guys, really keep doubling down on it. Keep doubling down on the Kamala of it. Keep doubling down on the Joe Biden of it. Keep doubling down. Really. And the realities of life are about to hit Democrats square in the face. All righty, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content coming up soon. The Matt Walsh Show airs at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to check it out over at DailyWire.com. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Associate producer, Bradford Carrington. Post producer, Justin Barber. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and Makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant, Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Today on the Matt Walsh Show, the Marine Corps hires a
1: chief diversity officer as it moves towards its goal of creating a more diverse, equitable, and tolerant force. That's the way they're selling it anyway, but today we'll talk about what that really means. Also, Kamala Harris is upset that she doesn't have enough to do as vice president, and now her team is apparently accusing Joe Biden's team of racism. Who could have possibly seen that coming? Plus, a Michigan school is forced to shut down because a large number of staff members have an adverse reaction to the COVID booster. That's pretty inconvenient. And as we discussed on Friday, a college professor is on a campaign to destigmatize pedophiles. The college has responded to the outrage and Britney Spears is free. Should we celebrate? Should we care at all? We'll talk about that and so much more today on The Matt Walsh Show.